for our scripture reading on this Reformation Sunday morning. We're continuing in our Building the Household of Faith series on 2 Timothy. And providentially, we landed on 2 Timothy 3, 14 to 17 this morning, which has us focus on God's word in the Bible. The Bible and the return to the scripture was one of the great themes of the Reformation. And through this text this morning, we'll be focusing on this useful book. Let's read God's word. 2 Timothy 3, from verse 14 to verse 17. But as for you, continue in what you have learned and become convinced of, because you know those from whom you learned it, and how from infancy you have known the holy scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. All scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness, so that the man of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. This is God's holy and infallible word for us this morning. We're going to work through this text in four parts. Second Timothy calls us to continue. Then it tells us that Scripture is God-breathed and also that it's useful. And finally, it talks about how we're to be equipped to do every good work. So four parts this morning, continue, God-breathed, useful, and equipped to do good work. First, we'll talk about this call to continue. And the main, verse in, the main verb in verses 14 and 15, the main action there is the call to continue, to continue. Or you could say abide, endure, hang on. All those would be good ways to get at what that word wants to tell us. And this is maybe a more important call than you think. Enduring is really a common theme in our lives. When you get that call that you've got to go back in for the Saturday shift, you've just got to endure. When the kids are driving you nuts and it's only 5 o'clock and it is a long ways till bedtime, you just got to endure. When you're trying to get a new website up and the stupid thing keeps crashing and crashing and crashing, you just got to endure. When you're running a race and the finish line is still off in the distance and you've got nothing left, you've still got to endure. You just have to continue. And one of the great calls we have in our lives as Christians is just to endure, to continue. Sometimes one of the key things about being people of faith is just that we keep hanging on. One of my professors in seminary liked to put little sayings up on his door, and for quite a while he had a saying that went, the job of truth is not to defeat error, it is just to outlast it. The job of truth is not to defeat error, it is just to outlast it. Sometimes the job of faith, the job of truth is just to hang on through the storm. And so this morning, hear this text as a call to continue in Christ, to abide, to hold on, to remain, to be faithful. There are always terrible things in the world, always things that would make us throw up our hands in despair and say, why, why are we still playing this game of faith? But don't just throw up your hands and walk away. Hold on. Continue. 
And there are other things in the world that can look so much more attractive than the gospel at times, so much easier than holding on to Jesus. But don't walk away. Continue. Endure. Hang on. As we look toward the election next week, this is a timely reminder. Don't be pulled into despair by how bad things can look in the world sometimes. And also, don't get suckered by some promise that some person or some new cause is going to change the world and make everything right. Continue in the faith that you've received. Hold on to Jesus, and Jesus will see us through. Now, verses 14 and 15, the key thing there is to continue, but it also gives us a lot more detail. It calls us to continue in the faith, the people, and the word of the Lord. In 2 Timothy, he doesn't use quite these words, but Paul tells Timothy, his student, continue in the faith, the people, and the word of the Lord. And that's a timely call for us too. We need guides and helps if we're going to hold on to Jesus. If you believe in Jesus, it's almost always, almost always because you've been part of God's people and because you've been rooted in God's word. We don't just stumble into the faith on our own. It is passed on to us through other believers and through the scriptures. So if you're really going to continue, if you're going to hang on, then you need to be engaged with God's people and you need to be deeply, deeply rooted in God's word, engaged with God's people and God's word. And it is tremendously important that we as a church especially work to keep our children engaged in God's word. Our ministries to our young people, nursery, children's church, Sunday school, gems, cadets, asylum, the gathering, these are tremendously important things. So if you're part of those ministries, I know sometimes it can be hard, but be encouraged that you are doing important work. And if you have children or grandchildren here, you don't have to be involved in this particular ministry, whatever one you want to talk about, but you do have to. You have to get your children engaged in the church, and you have to do your best to get them rooted in the Word. You may have heard the saying, God has no grandchildren. Or if you want to put it a little more harshly, the church is always one generation away from extinction. Now, that's not quite true because God always preserves a people for himself. But the faith doesn't just keep running automatically. We have to keep working and working at it. And it's true not just for our kids, but for all of us. The Christian faith has no autopilot function. You can't hit a cruise control button and just keep going. You are either actively continuing in the faith or you're sliding backwards and sliding away. We have to. We have to continue in the people and the word of the Lord if we're going to continue in this faith. Now, before I get to my next point, let me take a brief interlude here. We'll take just a minute. And I want to say that I say things like what I just said, and then I look out at the congregation here, and I'm concerned. We all carry so many burdens. All of us. There are different burdens that might be this or it might be that. But all of us have these huge, huge burdens. And sometimes these things that are right in front of us make it impossible 
or at least make it seem impossible that we can really focus all of our living on holding on to Jesus. The obstacles we face in our lives are difficult and they are huge and they are real. So let's acknowledge that. Let's admit that continuing is not easy. This is not an easy call that we have. And to be honest with you, it's not something that we can do on our own. I don't have an easy answer for you that you can push a button and all of a sudden have all the strength and everything that you need to continue in the faith. But there's somewhere we can go. There's somewhere we can go to get what we need to keep going. And so for my second point, I want us to talk about the Scriptures. The Scriptures, because they're God's breathed out word to us. Now, the fact that the Scriptures are God's breathed out word means there are a number of things the Bible isn't. The Bible is not just a thick, big Hallmark card. You know, those nice cards that say a happy little saying that make you happy for a second, and then you put them down and forget about them. Some people over the years have said the Bible is just kind of like that, just an inspiring book to make us get a happy little buzz. But that's not what it means for the Bible to be God's breathed out word. And others have said the Bible just gives us great examples of perseverance. The Bible gives us these pictures of great people, and what we need to do is be like them. And so the Bible is basically a self-help manual. But that's not what it means that the Bible is God's breathed out word. And others, and a lot of people in our culture these days say, no, really what the Bible is is dead weight. The Bible's old-fashioned, it's regressive, it's out of date, it doesn't speak to today, it's just a weight around our necks. But that's not what it means at all for the Bible to be God's breathed out word. The Scriptures, this very book, is God's breathed out help to us. And what does that mean? It means that this book, this Bible is a gift from God to us. It means that this book has power and life within it. Not that we worship the Bible, we worship God, but the Bible is one of the gifts He's given us that shows us His grace, that gives us new life, and that renews the life that He gives us. This book is from God from beginning to end also written by human beings as God carried them along. But this book, this book is enough for us. It gives us what we need for life. And this book is clear enough to teach us what we need. It's God's final word. It shows us what we can really rely on. And it's God's necessary word. It gives us what we need to have to follow God. And the scriptures The Scriptures are God's breathed-out word for our salvation. To put it another way, the Scriptures are God's word to give us life. When life is dry and dusty, the Bible gives us life and renewal. And this is a life that no matter what, no matter how hard things get, we still have hope. Now let me borrow an image, almost a parable, I guess you could call it that, to help you see what I mean. N.D. Wilson is a Christian young author book, or a Christian author who writes young adult novels. He's not real well known. He's written a number of books. 
And he doesn't write specifically Christian books. You wouldn't pick it up and say, oh, this is a Christian story. But Christian imagery is shot through his books. He has one series called A Hundred Cupboards. And in that, he draws sort of a Lord of the Rings light contrast between evil and good. And on the side of evil, there is this witch who's figured out how to draw other people, other living things' life to make her live forever. So plants, trees, animals, people. She leeches the life out of them so she can live forever. Everything she comes into contact with turns into dust and ashes. She makes everything into dust and ashes. And that's the story of our world too. Sometimes the villains aren't so obvious, but our lives so often turn into dust and ashes. We have that boss who just keeps demanding and demanding and demanding dust and ashes. We have family expectations that we can never live up to, dust and ashes. And if we go much, much deeper than the surface level of things, we are all sick with sin. And sin leeches the life out of us forever. Sin and evil turn everything into dust and ashes. Dust and ashes. But in those stories, in those stories opposed to the witch, to the forces of evil, there's this family. And they have this strange power. When they get to be about 12, they have a vision of some particular plant And that plant defines the power they have to fight evil. An oak tree, strong, powerful, lasting forever. But there's one boy, the hero of these stories. When he's about 12, he sees a dandelion come to life. And he receives the power of the dandelion. And if you have dandelions in your yard, that probably doesn't conjure up images of great power or anything besides horrible frustration. All this boy, all Henry has is the power of a dandelion to fight this evil that can draw the life out of whole worlds. It's not impressive. No one looks at it and goes, yes, this is what we need to fight evil. But when the end comes, when the final battle comes, and the witch tries to turn everything into dust and ashes, the power of the dandelion keeps coming back. Everything goes to dust and ashes, and then up comes the green and gold again. Again and again, death tries to win, and again and again, life comes back over and over and over again. It's not the most incredible thing ever, but it is something that cannot be killed, that cannot be put down, that cannot be conquered. And that's the type of life that God gives us, and that's the type of life and renewal we find when we turn again to God's word. That is the kind of life, the kind of salvation the scriptures give us. In this living book, in this very book, God has given us the power to endure everything. When we turn to the word that God has breathed out for us, we find that we can continue. When everything turns into dust and ashes, When we turn back to God's word, we find the renewal and the life we need to keep going. Through the Bible, in the church, 
God gives us the new life that we need to keep going, even when everything is turning to dust and ashes. And so 2 Timothy tells us, along with the Bible being God-breathed, that it's also useful. The Bible is useful. Now, I don't know about you, but if you sat me down and said, write out a few words that come to mind of what the Bible is, useful is probably not going to make my top five, maybe not, maybe not even my top ten. But that's how the Bible describes itself here, as useful. If you've ever watched a handyman or a craftsman with their tools, it's interesting to see how different people use their toolbox. Some people will sit and they'll look at a problem and they'll think, they'll look at a couple angles and they'll think some more. They'll take a couple long, slow breaths and then they reach into their toolbox and they pull out just the right tool to fix this problem. And some other craftsmen, when they encounter a difficult situation, the first thing they do is grab their favorite tool and they get in there and they try out this and they try out that because they are sure that this tool is going to work for this situation. My brother used to think that a sledgehammer was the perfect tool for every situation, which certainly got rid of the initial problem, even if it caused some more. If the tool image doesn't work for you, think of maybe a phone app. You probably know someone who has an app that they use for everything, and it does just right for them. Well, if you think of the Bible, the Bible is just the right tool. No matter what the situation, the Bible has something to say to us. Then we can look at any different situation in our lives and find some guidance in different parts of the Scriptures that fits just right. When we're in distress, we can turn to the Psalms and find prayers that let us voice our anger and our disappointment with God. When the world looks empty and pointless, the Bible shows us that God really is in charge and that everything will turn out right. When we wonder if God really loves us, we can turn to the Gospels and see in those stories how Jesus, the Son of God, loved us enough to come and die for us. The Bible is truly useful, the most useful tool we have. In this useful book, it shows us both what to believe and how to live. The Bible is useful for belief and for life. Some of us really like to use the Bible to help us nail down the truth, to show us exactly how to line all the propositions up so that everything is clear and just right and beautiful. And some of us don't really have a lot of use for that, but we want the Bible to show us how we can live. We want the Bible to show us what a transformed life looks like. We want the Bible to teach us how to do good, how to pray, how to grow spiritually. Some of us want to use the Bible to help us cross the T in our theology just right. And some of us want to use the Bible to dot the I in our service just so. And both of those are great things, and it's a gift that we have people who pull in both directions. But the Bible isn't an either-or. The Bible wants all of us to believe what is true and right, and also to live in a way that is true and right. And so the Bible gives us what we need for belief and life, for code and conduct. There's a list of four words in verse 16, and I'll translate them a little bit here. We can use the Bible to teach us what to believe correctly, 
We can also use the Bible to show us things that are not right. And we can use the Bible to show us exactly the right way to live. And we can use the Bible to show us how to avoid evil, how to avoid doing what's wrong. The Bible is useful to help us know God, to avoid error, to live good lives, and to avoid evil. We're called to continue in the faith, and God's breathed out and useful word gives us the power and the guidance that we need to do that. And then, when we follow God's word with his people, we're equipped to do good works. Equipped to do good works. Our vision statement here at Faith has three parts with three E's. Experiencing God's word, and that's most of what I've talked about today, but also equipping God's people and expressing God's love. Experiencing God's word, equipping God's people, expressing God's love. I want to talk a little bit about equipping here at the end, and then just a little bit about expressing God's love. I think we as a church do a lot of good works. You can see some of that in the announcements we had this morning, in the uh, video we saw during the offering. We do a lot of good works here. And I think that's good. Pat yourself on the back if you like. I think as a church, we're pretty good at caring for people. We're pretty good at helping people to grow in their faith. We're pretty good at serving those in need. But we could do better. There are always more ways that we could serve the world. And coming out of the word, even when we feel a little tired sometimes, a little bit like we've been serving and serving and we're running out of energy, the Bible renews us. It equips us to continue to do good works in God's name because God's word calls us to. So be affirmed, be encouraged, be equipped to do good works. But then let's also take this a level deeper. This whole sermon and everything that we do dries up. It turns to dust and ashes if it is not rooted in God's love. Without God's love, all of this is just empty noise. We continue in the faith ultimately because God has loved us and he sent his son to die for us. We find power to continue in the faith because God loves us enough to give what we need. God uses his breathed out word to continually bring us to life. God brings us into the household of faith. He makes us his family, his children, his people. We rest in God's word because God loves us enough to give us everything, everything that we need. So I invite you to know, to experience, to depend on this reality because of his love. Because of his love, God renews us. Because of his love, God has breathed out this useful book that encourages, renews, leads, and guides us. Through this useful book, we find deeper life in Christ. When things are turning to dust and ash, turn to the Bible. Turn to the Lord 
and you will find new life in the church, in the scripture, in Jesus Christ.